This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, or I should say good morning, because we're just hours after the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in the rematch of the Super Bowl. And, and I'll be honest with you, I sit here bewildered. Uh, you know, most teams in the NFL find, uh, find it very difficult to win and win consistently. The Eagles can't seem to find a way to lose. They win the game 21-17. to I don't think anybody uh, that watched the, the, the game hardcore Eagle fan or not at halftime was thinking that this was going to end up in a win. Let's just go over a few things as, as a, a, a matter of introduction to what happened last night. Uh, the chiefs had seven more first downs than the Eagles. The chiefs had almost a hundred more yards than the Eagles. The chiefs ran 20 more plays than the Eagles. Um, they had four more sacks than the Eagles. In fact, they had, Five in the first half on Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown, the most dynamic weapon the Eagles have, caught one ball for eight yards, was targeted two times. The one catch came in the first half. And in that first half, Jalen Hurts unfurled three completions. The blitz rush that Steve Spagnola, Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator, was putting on him was frankly enveloping and destroying the Eagles. They didn't seem to know what to do. Hertz looked like he had a very serious lack of mobility to even squirm out of those situations that he normally does. Uh, again, he took the five sacks. Uh, he had uh, 18 plays overall in the first half. Now, when you look at that, you go, okay, they got that half out of the way. They were down 17-7 to in that half. They get the ball to start the second half. First drive is a three and out. In fact, several minutes into the third quarter, they had rung up 79 total yards. 70 of those yards came on their first scoring drive where they tied the score in the first quarter at 7-7. So uh, they had gone several minutes into the second half, in fact, before they converted a third down in the game. Uh, They had a third and one earlier in the quarter. They ran a running play to Swift. He got bottled up and lost two yards. They couldn't even convert that one. Uh, Somehow, they woke up. And we're going to detail how exactly they woke up. But a couple of things stood out to me. You know, I wasn't thinking of Howie Roseman last night until I thought about the two big plays that Roby and Byard made. Two late-season acquisitions, both of them paid dividends last night. Of course, Bayer with the interception in the end zone played it tr- extremely well uh, on Justin Watson, who had a terrible game, by the way. <laughs> we'll get into him in a second. The poor kid from Penn couldn't hold anything. It was like a bar of soap for the kid last night. And, of course, Bradley Roby, who punches out the ball from the great Travis Kelsey, who never turns the ball over, 
when that looked like it was going to be a Kansas City touchdown. The Chiefs do not score in the second half. They pitched a shutout in that game. And let me just bring up another name, DeAndre Swift, who made some great plays running the football, but also on a a finally a well-timed screen pass to the running back, which they never do. They wasted so many plays with bubble screens to the wide receivers, they never get the running back in a screen pass play, and they got it last night, and it paid dividends. So I'm looking at Roby. I'm looking at Byard. I'm looking at Swift. I got to be looking at Sean Desai, who, who made a, enough adjustments in the second half. Now let's get to the reality of the game. There were a lot of drop passes for the Kansas City Chiefs, five in fact, and the go-ahead touchdowns should have been money for them when uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Stonehands himself, couldn't corral a perfectly thrown bomb from Patrick Mahomes that probably would have been the winning touchdown. But we're not going to quibble about that. That's the Kansas City Chiefs problem. When I look at the Chiefs, I go, you know what? Their receivers aren't very good. And they're going to have to really, to to get out of the AFC, something special is going to have to happen for them. Their personnel on offense isn't that good, except for Isaiah Pacheco, who runs like a maniac, and and Kelsey, who didn't seem to be there last night. Now, I'm going to put this in here just for posterity's sake before we get to Darren's review. You know, when you're lovesick, some things happen. You know, you might lose your focus a little bit. So last night, folks, this was supposed to be a beautifully planned romantic thing where Taylor was going to fly on a private jet to Arrowhead Stadium and sit into the booth with her parentals who came from Why I'm Missing PA to cozy up with the Kelsey parentals. There was a concert that was postponed on Sunday because of some catastrophe. And they had to make the concert Monday night. And Tay-Tay could not get on the plane to get the arrowhead. And the lovesick tight end, I think, was thinking, Tay-Tay, where are you? Where are you? I can't focus. There's good and bad to love. Last night, it was bad for Travis Kelsey. Let's bring in Darren. Do you believe they won that game last night? Or are we talking about a mirage? What are they now? Twenty-five and two with Hertz? Yeah, they won the game. You don't go twenty-five and two, nine and one back to back seasons and not find ways to win the game. They found ways to win. There's a couple things about this team that drive me absolutely friggin' nuts. The offensive coordinator really struggles to get in a rhythm. Enough of these bubble screens, enough of these underneath quick passes. They need to go down and stretch down the field a little bit more. Now, where they had success were with some pinpoint plays. You brought up that that screen to DeAndre Swift. Well-timed. The offensive line in the second half was just bananas. You know, they're so good. They this is the most mobile. And it's obviously led by Kelsey. It's the most mobile offensive line I have ever seen at the pro level. The play, the bomb to um, 
to to uh, Smith down at the one yard line. That, by the way, was a checkoff by Hertz at the line of scrimmage. Everything he did there was perfecto. He, I mean, he drops back. He looks off the safety, looks off the quarterback, looks down the linebacker, th- comes back and throws the bomb to Smith. Absolutely perfect pinpoint pass, and incredible that he checked off and saw it at the LOS. I love a lot of the things this team does. Most importantly. They find ways to win. They make the biggest plays at the biggest moments. You mentioned the two, the two additions, Byron and Roby. Huge turnovers inside uh, the Kansas City red zone. Huge. Um, but what the and in the second half, you got to give it to Sean Desai. I mean, the, the adjustments that they made defensively. Hey, man, that is what this team was missing last season. It was certainly missing in the Super Bowl. Uh, but the the only question mark that will remain with me is the offensive coordinator. I don't know if you take the, the calls away from him now. I don't know if you take that duties away. But he needs to get the offense into a rhythm earlier in the game. All right. Let's, uh, here's the caveat to that. And uh, it was explained uh, last night on our postgame show. Uh, at Ocean Casino by John McMullen, who is uh, who covers the Eagles on an everyday basis. Uh, he looks at it like this. The game plan offensively is always Nick Sirianni. That Brian Johnson calls the plays, but Nick Sirianni wants these plays called. Uh, it doesn't matter who calls them for me. You're right about foolish bubble screens. They got desperate to do something on offense to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly, and that was the way they decided to do it because they didn't have a tight end to do it. All right? And I, I agree with you. Uh, some of the plays that they call – are, are very strange calls. Uh, but let's look at the final drive, the game-winning drive, which makes it 21-17. The screen pass to Swift is a great call. Um, and then uh, the third day, you're right, Hertz is a guy who you can never count out because he makes plays, right? So the plays he makes, the third down completion to, to Smith was a monster play. Third and six, they convert that there. And then that play after is the check down where he gets the bomb to Smith and they get him down at the one. And once they get to the one, it's lights out. The tush push is coming. So they get up 21 to 17. But the game's still not over because at 21 to 17, there's 6.08 left in the game. And I don't think there was any Eagle fan. I'm, I'm looking at it. You're looking at it that you could be the most objective person possible with 608 left. Did you actually think that Patrick Mahomes was not going to get the chiefs down the field to score a touchdown? I was just hoping he left hurts enough time. That's my only thought. (laughs) You thought they were going to score. Well, yeah, I mean, you, well, look, how many times have we seen him do it? I mean, it's Mahomes, right? So the, the odds are that he's going to do it. Probably better than any of the other 31 quarterbacks in the league. So the chances that that happens are at least 40 to 50 percent there. All right. That's so high. the Chiefs did not move after that drive, and the Eagles started to drive again. They stalled out and they had a punt. So now with 249, Kansas City takes over at the 14 yard line. At that point, did you think he was going to get the ball down the field? I, I felt a little bit better because the defense was really playing well. The defensive line was finally. Uh, by the way, that's another thing I want to mention. The offensive line, I had never seen them outclassed like they were in the first half. They, got, they were getting, they were turnstiles. They, they were getting buried. 
They were. And we'll get they to that in a second. The adjustments that they made, they max protected a little more in the yeah. second half. But I thought Spagnola took the heat off a little bit. He was coming with all kinds of well-disguised blitz, dropping um, a defensive linemen and sending linebackers in safety. They couldn't figure out what he was doing. And then yeah. finally, they, they max protected a little bit, and, and Spagnola got a little timid and backed off a little bit, which I think played right into the Eagles' hands. But anyway, let's go back to the situation. The Chiefs, in, in, in a, just a little over a minute, get the ball to midfield. So they're at the 49-yard line. There's a minute 56 left. Here comes the bomb to Valdez Scantling. Clean beat of the of the, the defensive back, and he's got two steps on him to catch that ball, and he doesn't catch it. And therein lies the, the whole – see, when you give away a guy like Tyreek Hill, you got to think that you've got some replacements. Their replacements, the the guys they send out to catch passes, stink. Valdez Scantling has always had stone hands. Justin Watson let three balls go through his hands. That uh, Tony can't catch. They'd never use him in patterns, although he had a pretty good punt return last night. Uh, um, the other guy, they they, they took the back from the Jets. Who's Nicole Hardman? Yeah, Nicole Hardman. They send Nicole. all these uh, these these scooches out there, and and none of them can catch. They're they're a weaker offensive team, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's not no my question. problem. That's that's their problem. Now, um, another great play during that drive after the dropped touchdown pass. The Eagles got some heat. On the next play, on Mahomes, which to me was a tremendous key in that game. Josh Sweat got some pressure on Josh Sweat, who had been killing him in the first half, gets some pressure, and he chased him out of the pocket. He goes, humada, humada, and, and he chokes and throws the ball away on a clear intentional grounding, and that cooked him. That was the defensive play of the game. Yeah, it really it was big play after big play on that drive. I will st- Another thing I want to mention, too, here, Mike, how much did this Chiefs team last night remind you of all the Andy teams here in Philly with a complete and utter disregard of the wide receiver room, like you just said, basically? Great defense. Nobody can catch the damn ball. I felt like I was watching the 0-2 Eagles. I really did. You're thrashing Pinkston. <laughs> yeah. You're looking at thrashing Pinkston. I don't know I how they think they're going to get it done with that group of wide Charles receivers. I, I really don't. I mean, uh, <laughs> the quarterback is not having a great year. I mean, that's part of it. He, he's he got, first of all, on the on, on that last drive with a third and 25, he's got Justin Watson. He should have caught that ball. And the kid doesn't make the catch. Uh, so, listen, uh, the, the Eagles can't lose. It is unbelievable how they they manage to win these kind of games. The one fallback being the Jets, and I guess you got to – you got to give it like there's going to be one moment in the season where there's a game that you least expect to lose and you lose. But that game last night should have been a loss and they don't lose. It is unreal. So now when you look at the schedule, when I looked at the schedule, I go, oh my God, they're probably going to lose three in in this realm. But they got the Bills at home. They got the 49ers at home before they go to the Cowboys and before they go to Seattle. The Seattle game, I don't worry about anymore. The Cowboys will probably lose. But the Bills and 49ers coming home after a game like this, when you get a gift, 
I think that cleans your mind out completely to win that game against the Bills next week. And I don't know what's going to happen with the 49ers. I can't see the Eagles losing two straight, which would have to happen if they lose the 49ers and then lose to Dallas. They may win the next two home games before they lose to Dallas and end up this year with only two losses. I think, you know, see, look, this is a big game for them, too. So there is, there could be that letdown factor next week against Buffalo. I mean, look, early in the year, there were two games that you and I both picked as losses. The Jets was one of them. We got that right, but for the wrong reason. Yeah, the, yeah the, the other game that was, was the Aaron Rodgers' reason. That's, so they shouldn't right. have lost it. Right, but the other game was is the Bills game because that's sandwiched between Kansas City and the game of the year for this Eagles team against San Francisco. So there is a chance they're going to be thinking ahead. If they're going to lose a game in the next two or three, this is the most likely uh, on Sunday, I think. All right, let's 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 go over the game as it begins because there's a lot of moments that I want to reca- re- recount here. Uh, so in the first drive, the Eagles obviously kick off. Kansas City's got the ball. Reddick didn't get a sack in that Super Bowl. He gets a sack on second down. I'm going, oh boy, three and out, Kansas City first drive, and here we roll. But the Eagles also don't do anything. So now the Chiefs drive. They get a couple of good runs from Pacheco. They get a first down throw to Tony on a third and six of all people. Uh, and then Rasheed Rice with, with a quick uh, pass on the, to the right flat where he completely jukes Slay out of his shoes and, and gets down. And, of course, Mahomes with the improv and he flips to Justin Watson, who's wide open. He caught this one and the Chiefs are up 7 nothing. 46 yards rushing on the drive. I'm going, hmm, this might be a little different. They're going to run the ball here to set up some things. The Eagles, however, answer. Nine play, 75 yards with seven runs. Swift with a great 18-yard run to set up his four-yard TD where there could have been a hold call. I thought the Eagles got the benefit of a couple calls early in that game, and that was one of them because the Kias looked like he held on that play. Swift gets in. We are tied at seven. All right, so now in the second quarter, the Eagles are driving. Hurts get rushed, and he makes a throw that's picked off by Sneed, intended for A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown looked like he stopped running the route in that situation. Uh, so they have a little discussion on the sideline again, and A.J. Brown seems to be peeved. And I got to give Hurts credit because he never goes back at this guy. He listens to him, and he probably said something like, uh, you got to you know, keep running the route next time and whatever. And AJ's you know, fired up. It was his fault. He's frustrated that Sneed was playing the hell out of him. And, and, and he gave up on that route there because Sneed smelled it and, and was draped all over him. So they get the interception. Uh, kind of like you and me, right? Y- yeah, well, exactly. You'll yeah. go off and I'll just sit there. Like, yeah, right, I got you. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so then KC, that triggers a drive of their own. And then Bayard. Uh, in the red zone, gets to pick, and Kansas City gives it right back to him. Now, that didn't deter Kansas City because they then strike for a touchdown and a field goal. Tony gets a great punt return. The Chiefs get it to midfield. Sweat goes offside on a third and seven, which makes it a shorter third down to convert. Um, 
there, there probably actually the, there was a play there that should have been uh, pass interference on Kelsey that they didn't call it, but they they called the offside and Pacheco, Pacheco converts the third and two. The pride of Rutgers University, by the way. And then Mahomes scrambles for fourteen to the eleven, and the three yard touchdown comes on third down. It's fourteen to seven. Uh, the Eagles are getting dominated at this point. Their, their their offense is getting swarmed. They go three and out again. The Chiefs get it back at the forty six of the Eagles. 50 seconds are left. They get it to the 25. They get a field goal by Butker, never misses, and it's 17 to 7. And the stats that I repeated in the first half look gloomy for the Eagles in the second half. And, I, and I'm sitting there watching because I have to do a post-game show. And I'm I'm trying now to come up with the script on how they were outplayed and how bad this is a loss is. <laughs> I swear to God. And everybody's doing the same thing because I'm looking at social media. I'm reading texts from my friends. Oh, it's not their night. Not their night tonight. And it wasn't their night even as we go into the third quarter. And then all of a sudden magic happens. Uh, they they get the, uh, the, a drive. It, it, it comes alive uh, with, the, with the big drive with Covey's punt return. Now, listen, I didn't think much of this guy, but suddenly he's turned into a pretty reliable punt returner when he's got a little bit of space. And so he he gives them a really good punt return, and then the drive starts to cook a little bit. Cubby's return triggers the drive. DeAndre Swift gets the big carry to 35 to the Kansas City 15, and two plays later, it's the Hurts keeper on a, a quarterback draw. A very good play to call there. So they go seven plays, 61 yards, and it's 17 to 14. And you go, okay, well, they're in striking distance here. But who doesn't think that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't going to score here? Who thinks that the Eagles are actually going to shut them out? So they're going to have to trade some points here, and the Eagles have to survive. Now, keep in mind, the Chiefs lead the league in points given up. They only give up 15 points a game. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's all the Eagles get. But in the fourth quarter... Roby makes a great play because it looks sure looks like the Chansey Chiefs are going to go in for a touchdown there. And they get it to Kelsey, and boom, it's punched out. And, and, and the Eagles – now, the Eagles did not take advantage of that punch out. They didn't get any points out of that. Uh, Kansas City defense gets a three and out for them where there were the two bad throws to the flat, the two screens to the wide receiver – Two in a row they called. Weird calls in that situation. Everybody's frustrated that's watching that game. And then the Chiefs go on another drive. And it's a great third down throw to Watson, who beat Sidney Brown because Blankenship came on a blitz and almost got home but did not get home. And Sidney Brown trailed Watson. So that's a big completion. But that drive fizzled because a couple plays later, Justin Watson goes, who for what? With alligator arms in the middle of the field, a pass that should have been completed. But he went like that because his head was looking at a safety ready to blast them. So the Eagles get another break on that drive. I, I'm telling you, I'm going, Kansas City is not scoring on these opportunities they had to score. And that opened the door for the Eagles to get the game-winning touchdown, which at that point I never thought would be a game-winning touchdown. And now they're 21-17 is your final. They are now nine and one, and, and I'm just stunned by this team. They they were nine and one last year. They won a lot more games in dominant fashion last year. This right. team cannot lose. It's one of the most uncanny things I've ever seen. So two things here, Mike. Uh, 
how often do we say about this Eagles team and any really good team, if, as long as they don't turn the ball over, they'll win the game. If the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they probably win the game. But they turned the ball over, two crucial ones, and they lost the game. So most really good teams, that's kind of the conduit. Don't turn the ball over, win the game. Didn't work out for the Chiefs, worked out for the Eagles. They won the turnover battle. Last thing, who do you think, by the way, is the number one, the leader in punt returns in the Covey. National Football League? Covey. Yes, Britton Covey. Yeah, he's got- over 14 and a half yards a return, a full yard and a half over number two. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, it really is. Uh, I, I, listen, Seth Joyner has been busting my onions all year about Covey, and I go, uh, yeah, I don't see. He he goes. I'll tell you what. He's gonna take one to the house. I go. He's not taking one to the house. He goes. I'll bet. <laughs> I'll bet you on it. I'll give you odds. Give me odds. He goes. Yeah. I'll give you five to one. I jumped right on it. So if <laughs> now, I don't think Covey has the speed to actually take one to the house. Uh, he, he's he's a good fourteen yard punt return. He's not gonna he's not gonna take one break one to the house. He's just not fast enough to get it to the house, is he? I think he's fast enough. I, the thing of it is, it's so hard anymore. It's, it's really hard to return uh, punts and kicks. It, it seems like it's harder than it ever was. They do play some really bad teams at the end of the year. And he's, regardless if they're sitting starters, he's still going to be back there returning punts against the Giants twice, against the Cardinals. Like, those are teams you do that crap against. So you never know, man. They must, Listen, must. listen I, I, I can believe the, the hurdler. Could take it to the house, right? He's never going to get a chance. <laughs> oh, no, he's not a football player. No, he's not a football Come player. He's on, never going to get a chance. But he would have the kind of speed that would get it to the house. I don't know if Roby gets, I mean, uh, Cubby gets it to the house, but God bless the kid, all right? Yeah. Uh, because he had a big moment last night. Uh, okay. So let's uh, that's, that's just look ahead here. Uh, first of all, let me just tell you this quick little story about uh, so we ru- we have to rush to the set. Where uh, we do the show, Ocean Casino, in a big green room upstairs in the mezzanine level. So we got to take an elevator down. We have to get quickly to the set. So I'm getting strapped up uh, and the whole thing, putting the headphones on and getting the, the IFB in and the whole bit. And, and uh, so there's some Eagle fans at the bar. And uh, there's a guy there with two girls. I assume they were drinking. So uh, I, I get in my seat and get it all strapped up. And the guy comes past me and he goes, younger guy, too. He says, uh, Hey, you're Mike Misnelli, right? And I go, uh, normally when people say that, I go, yeah, man, how you doing? And I, sh- I took out my hand and shake, shake their hand. So I put out my hand to shake his, uh, uh, his hand, and he, he looks at me, he goes, you suck. And he walks away. Now, <laughs> now, what, now what, do you, what do you do? What, do you, what would have been your reaction? I would have just, that was, that's what I would have done. I would have laughed. That is, that's great. I mean, come on, look. In radio, we were taught, you and I were taught this a long time ago. In radio, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But, Love me, hate me, but listen. But you rarely listen. get that in public. I rarely get that. And I, and right. I know and I I've been very controversial over here. You rarely get that in public. Or I would have appreciated it if the guy would have said that and stood there. Instead, he said that and he, and he, and he ran You're off. Walking away is weak. He ran off like yeah, a little coward with his. With yeah. His, with the team. That's weak. You know, and, but and, I would have well, I wonder, like, what a guy thinks of himself after that kind of happens. Does he brag to his friends that he did that? Does it make him? Oh, he thinks he's the hardest it guy. Makes, so it makes him feel good morning. about himself? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. He's, he's happy with himself real well right this morning. All right. 
And he went home and passed out on those two girls and never, yeah. uh, never, never closed that. Hey, day, I wasn't looking that. for him after the. The problem <laughs> is that our our post game show um, is seventeen it, hours. Yeah, it's two. It's it's all of two and a half hours. But at that time, it was two o'clock in the morning, and I go yeah. I go walking around a casino looking for the dude. So because I wanted him to say it again, which is probably <laughs> it's probably a mistake, but that's the way I'm wired, right? Because I'm an idiot yeah. like that. Uh, all right, so let's look ahead. They're nine and one. They don't have a tight end, and they won't have a tight end. Uh, we had our sports doc on last night. He is uh, saying he's definitely they're going to put some rod. They're going to put a rod in there, or they haven't put a rod in there. It's called rotting, but he will definitely miss the next two games. You saw their offense without a tight end, and Calcaterra was limping off last night. So it means they've got Stoll and the other big kid uh, with the crazy name. That uh, is their tight end. Yeah. And, and they, Gene, oh. they they basically can't use the tight end. They couldn't. Yeah. And they couldn't use it against the Chiefs and still won the game. So I go, okay, I thought that was going to really hurt him. It didn't hurt him last night. Will it hurt him in the upcoming three games? Well, he'll be Dallas will actually be back, apparently, for Dallas in the third game of this. So they got the Bills and they got the 49ers. Will the lack of a tight end hurt them in consecutive home games? I think it'll hurt them in the San Francisco game. I don't know that it'll hurt them with Buffalo. Their defense, I mean, their linebackers are decent, but they're not all world. Uh, two, I mean, Jack Stoll runs like he's got cement in his shoes. He just can't run. And Julio Jones looks like he just doesn't has no speed, no burst off the line anymore. So, yeah, that it could be that you, you definitely saw. And maybe that's why they couldn't get into a rhythm for the first two and a half quarters last night, except for the one drive early on because of the tight end is so vital to that offense, whether it's opening up things for the receivers. And maybe that's another reason why IG Brown only had one, one catch for eight yards. You know, there's no tight end there to take a backer or a safety away. So yeah, it, I think it's going to be, it's going to, it could really hurt them against San Francisco. All right. Just a, a postscript on this. Uh, I was trying to get Steve Spagnola as a guest on the podcast and uh, Andy Reed, everything has to go through Andy Reed. And so uh, Andy didn't think it was a good idea. And um, so we didn't have him on, but I was able to text with Steve on his game plan. What was it going to be? And, and I said, normally you, you haven't blitzed a lot this year. And, and then you, you blitzed him last year in the Super Bowl, uh, but he doesn't have the mobility anymore. Will you just, uh, you know, stay with the front four? He says, no, 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 we're going to blitz. Well, they blitzed. They blitzed a lot in that first half against them. Probably with, with, with taking advantage of the fact that his mobility is not the mobility that that hurts the churn last year. Uh, and somehow the Eagles were able to withstand uh, what the Chiefs were doing defensively in the second half because they weren't nearly the same threat in the second half. A lot of that is adjustments the Eagles make with Max Protect, but a lot of it I thought was Spagnuolo took his foot off the gas a little bit. So there you go. Uh, the Eagles win it 20 to 17, a stunning victory. The most stunning victory I've seen this year, frankly, uh, because I did not expect that that was going to be the result. And people in the locker room didn't even expect the, uh, the, the same result. Uh, I am told they're, they're, they were walking around going, how do we win that game? <laughs> but, they, but they win the game. And of course you had the Kelsey subplot. The boys got together afterwards, but, uh, love struck tight end. Last night, 44 yards on seven catches. Taylor Swift's not in the picture. Maybe that's double. 
I don't know, man. I've seen it before where love of a high-profile woman sends you right down into the, 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 the cavern. <laughs> All right? So good luck to you, Trav. <laughs> I'm telling you. You're up against it. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Before and after Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> you know, listen. Uh, would I shoot my shot if I was Travis Scott? You're damn right. But just know, you know, there's a lot of examples out of there. Ben Simmons is a classic example. Kendall Jenner took him down, down, down. <laughs> right? So, and I'm not trying to be sexist there, okay? I'm just saying some obvious things. That everybody's thinking. Uh, have a great uh, rest of the weekend. I want everybody to have a happy Thanksgiving. Your family got Thanksgiving in a couple of days. It's the greatest holiday ever. You don't have to uh, worry about the stress of gifts. You just go and you cook your, and eat your face off. And you got your Uncle Joe in, in the living room snoring his way on the, on the Barco Lancers. You're trying to have pumpkin pie. And you, you, the kids are throwing stuff on Uncle Joe to get him to stop snoring. It's an adventure, folks. Uh, and everybody enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Have a great one. Uh, we will be back at you. Uh, I don't know. When's the next podcast that we're doing? Friday. We'll be back Friday. We're going to be back Friday on Black Friday? Black Friday. We'll do a quick preview of the Bills game and look at the weekend picks. All right. Let's do a quick there football podcast on Friday. There you go. So you heard our podcast yesterday. We have one today. The preview show and the post show. And the post show was a lot more fun. Eagles win it 20 to 17. <laughs> I'm telling you, this team just can't lose. For Darren DeGatano, I'm Mike Missinelli again. Have a happy holiday with everybody. And uh, uh, the weather's going to be a little, I don't know, Thanksgiving-ish. So uh, a little rainy, you know, you, you have to do it. Can't be sunny every day. Have a great day. Have a great rest of the day. And we'll talk to you on Friday. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.